Hello and welcome to Pumped, the Inside Podcast by Schwalbe. I'm your host, Tobias Vorgon, and I'm talking here with Schwalbe athletes from different disciplines, from downhill to cross-country and from road riding to triathlon. And today I'm talking to Josh Amberger. The Australian is one of the fastest swimmers in the Ironman category and appeared on the world stage of Ironman in 2017 when he got the first guy out of the water. How it is to lead the important event of the year and if it's an advantage to lead the first category of out of three, you will find out in this episode of Pumped. Hey Josh, thanks a lot um, for yeah for taking the time to talk to us. How was your day so far? Yeah, no problem, Toby. Um, I'm pumped to to be on the Pumped podcast. <laughs> I've been waiting waiting all day to say that. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's uh, been a good day in uh, here down under. We're just kind of heading into summer now, so it's actually getting like super hot. And I'm just starting, like, getting back into training after a break. So, yeah, a little bit of training and a little bit of leisure. And it's 6 p.m. And, and, yeah, I'm talking to you. So so that's a, that's a good day, huh? <laughs> When you're talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At my place, it's, it's just 9 o'clock in the morning. But, um, yeah, you already have your whole day behind you. Where are you right now? Uh, so yeah, I'm in Brisbane, Australia. So it's on the east coast, and yeah, I'm at at home. So I've lived in Brisbane all my life. Nice. So the first time you you really appeared on the world stage of triathlon was in 2017, when you were the first one uh, gets out of the swimming in in Kona on the um, on the Ironman World Championship with a good gap to everyone else. So what is it like to be the first get out of the water and on the bike on the most important race in the year? Yeah, so it's uh, being a, a good swimmer is is obviously important. Uh, you know, starting the race with the swim, it's good to, to start in the lead. But it actually, if you're like too good at swimming... Um, at a level that's like well above the rest of the field, then you actually don't seem to do yourself any favors at all because you just really isolate yourself um, at the front of the race. And because Ironman is, is such a long event, mm -hmm. um, by the time we get out of the water, we're only just less than an hour into an eight-hour race. So, <laughs> um, th yeah, that particular year in Kona, it was... I expected to swim that well and um, I've been known as the strongest swimmer in the sport for some time now, obviously coming through from like short distance to middle distance and now Ironman uh, that, you know, that's like swimming as my strength has obviously transferred throughout the, the distances. So it, it wasn't a surprise uh, in Kona that year to be leading um, and but I certainly took advantage of of the uh of the chance to be out front at, at the end of the day it didn't it didn't serve me well at all because i pushed too hard on the bike by mm -hmm. myself and 
Um, you know, ended up, I spent three hours at the front of the race, but then finished well back. So it, it didn't do me any, any, uh, good in terms of performance, but I certainly got my name out there and, um, I guess attracted a bit of media and, um, yeah, it's been, been pretty good since then. Nice. So, but how much effect you're swimming when you're when you're leading is it harder to lead because on the bike you have some really strict regulation that you need a certain distance but how is it with the swimming when you lead i mean yeah so definitely um you know there is like a drafting effect in the water the same as as you experience on a on a bicycle so to be honest it's if you're sitting like the second, third or fourth in a, in a pack all the way back to, I mean, sometimes these packs of swimmers can be like 20 or 30 guys and it's like a nightmare. Um, you know, you're always getting like kicked and pulled and, and punched and so <laughs> forth. So, um, it's actually, yeah, much easier, although it can be like a little bit dangerous. It's much easier to swim in these packs than mm -hmm. to be, to be out in front. But at the same time, it's much better to be like at the front of the, the race with a small group of guys to, to work well on the bike together because, um, you know, you have to be the best of the best cyclists to, to have to outride um, like a group of men um, that are super motivated and, and, and are working hard together on the bike. I mean, it's not drafting racing of course but there's always advantages to having athletes around you whether it's like in the swim the bike or the run mm -hmm. okay so going back back to the beginning how did you start doing triathlon so i started triathlon when i was about 13 or 14 years old and i'd always been swimming um like full-time up until this point, uh, obviously in Australia, it's like a national sport, uh, to, to be swimming and to grow up swimming. It's, it's a really fun and, and social sport to do. Mm -hmm. So I, I enjoyed the swimming, but of course, by the time I was a teenager, I was kind of like over it and, and wanted to change. And I found, and, but I still, in, I still enjoyed swimming, just not like 10 times a week um, <laughs> when you're like trying to grow up and, and um, have fun and, and go to parties and so forth. So I found triathlon um, because it was, it still had swimming obviously, but it just provided much more variety. And by that point I'd already started some road cycling and mountain biking and, and cross country running. So um, it was, I guess like a natural fit, And to me, it, it was kind of like the perfect transition because I, I grew up with um, a lot of elite swimmers, a lot of Olympians and so forth, and they were finished their swimming career mostly by like um, the, the lucky ones that kind of made it. They were done by 24 or 25 years old and they were like old in the sport, mm -hmm. whereas I've really been able to, you know, settle into triathlon. Um, I'm 31 now and kind of, if I'm lucky, still have like 10 more years to go. So um, I'm extremely fortunate that uh, and can consider triathlon like an amazing sport uh, simply because we can, we can do it for so long um, at a high level, which just like I love the lifestyle and I love the competition. So I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't really want it any other way. So 
Um, I started traveling, however, like quite young out of like out of high school. I was 17 years old where I went um, for my first overseas competition in Hamburg, actually, mm-hmm. uh, for like the for the junior world championships in the short distance. And um, yeah, really kind of have been traveling to, to Europe every single year since I was 17 or 18. So this year's actually been quite different. I haven't left Australia once, which is, yeah, crazy, Yeah, really, to think about it. So you already told us that you're 31, and in other sports, it's, I mean, your career is slowly coming to an end. Why is it in, in triathlon so different? I mean, with 31, you're pretty much in the best age, or the best age is just to come. So why is it so different to any other sport? I don't, I mean, I don't really know the definite answer, but I'm sure it's got something to do with the, like the extreme endurance component to it. Um, You know, you have to be strong and powerful and, and all these things, but it's not so important. Like in, uh, I don't know, let's say like BMX racing where you have to be, or track cycling where you have to be extremely explosive and it's very difficult to maintain that explosiveness with age whereas in like long distance triathlon you just kind of have to be um obviously talented and and strong but just fit and it's just easier to maintain that that level of fitness i think as you get older so um i don't really ask questions uh <laughs> so yeah but um does it has to do with that you gaining experience over the 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 years you're doing triathlon and how much experience do you need to really compete on a on a top level is it more that you need to be super fit and this is the key or is it that you really need to grow your experience to to play out your your strengths in the right way yeah you know that's that's a good point and i think there's many different types of experience and and for me i've never really been so much like a nervous racer I don't get often nervous before competitions so my first time I'm racing the Ironman World Championships in Kona I was just like more excited about this and but my I had no experience with like tactics at at this distance so um, I think mentally I have like good experience um, and good maturity mentally but yeah sure like in terms of race tactics, not much experience at all um, when racing, when racing eight hours. So the the seventy point three, the half Ironman, um, I've got a lot of experience. I think I've done like thirty five of these races now, mm-hmm. which takes about you know three and a half to four hours. So yeah, the the experience is definitely like a massive component. However, every single year it seems like there's just younger and younger athletes that are doing well. Um, particularly like, like young females as well. So mm-hmm. every year and no matter what kind of sport you're watching, like, um, watching the, the, the mountain biking world cups and, and so forth recently, like there's been some young athletes who have been doing yeah. like extremely well. So it's kind of interesting how, um, every year, like we just see something different and some young athletes, um, <laughs> join the fold but i think always on the biggest stage at the world champs yes it's where you see the the athletically experienced athletes um prevail certainly yeah in in triathlon it's the long distance that's the most 
important discipline, the the Ironman. But it's it's super long to watch and yeah, for the athletes it's it's super challenging to just finish an Ironman. But why is it so fascinating that you do the long distance? <laughs> um yeah, I mean watching an Ironman is uh not every everyone's cup of tea in fact <laughs> m mo most most people that that watch the race actually reckon that it's harder to watch the race than actually do the race so <laughs> um that is yeah, also my experience why. yeah i mean <laughs> so um uh actually i forgot the question um and why is it the the long discipline which which is so fascinating ah I think that the the challenge is just like so like alluring. Um you know it, it's like the Ironman world champion is basically like a god and um in our sport and it's just something that if you're a professional it's like you want to be the world championship uh you want to be the world champion in the Ironman and I know particularly like if you're a German um, to be like a world champion um, at the Ironman is like brings like next level career opportunities. Yeah. So it's just something about the the race and and how I don't know difficult it is to put together a perfect performance over the distance that makes it so um, like like it's like it, it like it yeah like it's it's a it'd be a dream to to win the event it's just so it's like something you never imagined would happen um so yeah everyone everyone wants to to win this this race and um, i wish it wasn't so difficult um and that everyone all the best <laughs> athletes wanted to do some shorter distance but it seems to just get more and more competitive every year um which is keeps it fun i guess mm -hmm. and um what makes a good triathlete Oh, I think uh, you have to have, yeah, just like good maturity and um, good poise on the race course. Of course, there's like you have to be fit and, and strong and all these, but you have to be have an extreme, extremely, um, like you have to be really patient. And typically this is something... Um, you would have seen, if you watched the race in Kona in 2017, you would have seen that I wasn't patient at all. Um, and I was leading the race for, as I mentioned, th for three hours. And then it's like, I, I just, yeah, got too excited. I kind of thought it was easy. And then, um, and then I blew up and, and yeah, never, never was close to the front, um, from that point. So, um, yeah. So in your, in okay. one of your, your interviews or videos you you said that you really like like suffering so how much does the suffering is part of the game of the um of the iron man so how much is mental on the on the sport and how much is really the fitness i think I love suffering, but I think um, there's a lot more athletes that I compete against that seem to love it um, much more than <laughs> me and find like a whole another level of of suffering. Um, and of course, it's it's definitely part of doing well at the distance. Sometimes you have where for eight hours you just feel amazing and nothing hurts and you win, um, and other times 
for the for the eight hours you can just feel terrible and nothing seems to go right um and literally all you have to do is suffer um but i think there's guys uh that i race against like um like uh schwabe athlete sebastian keenler um mm-hmm. and canadian lionel sanders and you just and, and um british um athlete alistair brownlee and you just see um, how much uh, they're, they're hurting themselves and just turning themselves uh, inside out. And I, I dare say that I kind of envy the level that they're able to, to push themselves to. Um, and, yeah, I guess every year I'm always trying to find my own limits and, and push beyond them. So it's definitely part of the challenge to to suffer and I guess to learn how to suffer a little bit more if that's possible Mm -hmm. or comprehensible (laughs) so many athletes have really big problems with the swimming discipline and for you it's yeah it's your your strength does it gives you a mental advantage to to lead the first discipline and don't have to wait until the end to to play out your strength i think um As I mentioned, it's it's a, always an advantage to be a good swimmer, but it's not necessarily an advantage to be the best swimmer because you don't want to like isolate yourself at the front of the race because it's a very good chance that um, you'll get caught at some point and by that point all of your energy is gone. So um, I think where my advantage comes in is not necessarily being super strong at swimming. It's just being confident at swimming and know, and knowing that like, I'm not going to start the race on the back foot and I don't have to worry about getting out of the swim and being, you know, five minutes behind the lead um, and wondering and, you know, trying to trying everything I can to, to bridge across the gap to the front of the race. So yeah. um, that, that kind of confidence definitely sets me up and, it probably helps me not feel any nerves before the race as well. Whereas I know definitely like the weaker swimmers are like super nervous and often, you know, panic um, and make mistakes. Um, And yeah, probably not even like perform to where they should be or where their training has, has been just because of how nervous they are about the start of the swim. And of course, you know, we're open water swimming, um, And there's a whole bunch of guys around you, like touching you, pulling you, um, you know, doing anything they can to to get in front of you. So it's definitely like, yeah, real this real extreme part of triathlon is like the open water swimming and and learning how to cope with like the stress and anxiety that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um. So you already told us that you're studying with swimming, but how did you get into into cycling? Have you always had an interest in in it, or did you start just for triathlon? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I was growing up in Australia, kind of in the era of um, like road cyclists like Robbie McEwen and and Baden Cook and, and Stuart Stuart O'Grady. So I was always watching cycling on TV and. Um, just kind of started with a club and started some some crit racing and so forth but I pretty much just pursued triathlon uh, once once I started mm-hmm. that so yeah I've never really I've done some like time trialing um, recently uh, but 
yeah, pretty much just always always stuck to my guns with with triathlon. Yeah. So the bus the Kienle rides uh, mountain bikes here and there, and he, yeah, he would uh, like to compete in enduro races. How about you? Is mountain biking a, a thing for you? Or is it maybe uh, yeah you you want to do something in mountain biking or is it road biking triathlon and that and that's it and yeah. Oh, definitely. I lo I like love any kind of cycling um and where i live in brisbane i've got like extremely good access to to trails whether it be um like downhill trails or um just like gravel roads even fire trails uh cross-country trails basically everything you could want mm -hmm. um as a cyclist i've got it so you know in my garage of course i've got um, the road bike, the TT bike, I've got the cross bike, I've got like a 650B gravel bike, um, and my, and my mountain bike. So I love <laughs> every kind of cycling and it's not, I, of course I'd love to do, um, some races like probably XCO is more, more my level. I'm not super confident on like extreme terrain, but, um, I definitely love to do it. It's just that try and even like trail running and and ultra running and stuff this really interests me anything with like kind of like extreme or adventure um built into it is what i'm about but triathlon is such a sport where you need like total dedication to it if you want to be a professional or you're really just not going to to be able to keep up with the competition so um you're always trying to balance your training and what you just keep your ambitions in check with really what you want to do. Um, mm -hmm. and I guess it comes to a point where if, if you're not prepared to do the training, um, in, in triathlon every day to your best possible level, then that's probably when you know it's time to, to walk away from professional sport. And, and then you, of course, there's plenty of time to enjoy the rest of the stuff. Yeah. But I, of course, I haven't, I haven't got to that point yet, fortunately. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I look forward to, to pursuing, uh, trying to, trying to get better every year in triathlon. Yeah. So, uh, other big thing you're really interested in is coffee, and uh, for many road bikers and triathletes, coffee is a part of of their life. Why is it so? Oh, it's like just the the best distraction really isn't it it's just it's like the first thing you think about when you wake up uh, <laughs> it's the first thing you think about when you uh finish training normally or or if you need a distraction during your training like your bike ride or whatever i don't know it's just just like it's just the best it's the best distraction and i i i actually enjoy coffee um from uh many aspects i i roast coffee here at home um, so you have a, and you have your own, yeah, have, own roastery uh I, i wouldn't exactly say it's a roastery it's, <laughs> it's definitely definitely hobby level but i do yeah i do have a roaster um and of course i've got uh you know a llama zocca espresso machine and i've got my german malkernig Uh, grinder and mm -hmm. all my filter coffee like the pour over and an aeropress so yeah i enjoy um, lots of different types of coffee from roasting it and of course drinking it so jan frodeno is also yeah very deep in the in the coffee game are there more 
guys in the triathlon business who are so interested into into coffee? Probably not from from a business standpoint. I tried to well, um, I I did like some mail order coffee for a while with me and and a friend who's now retired from the sport. And we were called Skullduggery Coffee and basically we just had like this online shop and it was like really, really like low key. Um, but we actually were getting like so many orders that it just became too hard to do it and do it well <laughs> uh -huh. and balance the training. So we ended up having to kind of like just let it quietly slip away. Um, so we... We did it for like two years and then we just didn't renew the uh, website license. So, um, okay. but of course that, that was like a, a fun thing to do, but definitely like time consuming. Um, and I think you'll find that like yarn is not spending any time on the, uh, on the coffee business at all, because there's just no way that, that you could do that, um, and be the best triathlete in the world at the same time. Yeah. And there's just, he can make so much more of a of a lifestyle and career from triathlon than coffee coffee's uh quite difficult <laughs> if you want to do it well and, and make good good money out of it yeah so you even travel around um around the world with your own coffee grinder and machine are you afraid to not getting a good coffee while you're traveling <laughs> yeah of course it's it's uh i guess i'm not anxious about many things but This is probably the only or one of the only things I'm anxious about when, when I'm traveling. Not even like, I wouldn't even consider traveling. Like if I'm going to stay at my like parents-in-law or I'm going to stay with my sister or, you know, even if I'm just going to visit someone, I'll always take, uh, take the grinder, take the beans and the AeroPress. So I just like consistently good coffee and Yeah, not many compromises beyond that. So it's easy it's easy to to rely on myself and 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 take my own coffee. And it's actually like quite a good conversation starter, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I think I've I've even made a coffee on an aeroplane where I've ground <laughs> the beans and I've I've asked the hostess for some for some hot water and um, made a coffee on the aeroplane. So that's that's actually quite funny. Um, <laughs> So are you doing any racing in in, in Italy? Uh, I I actually have not raced in Italy before, but um, I would probably say that Italy is not the best spot to get coffee for sure. I'd probably rather really? maybe be in Oslo or um, uh, yeah Oslo, maybe Stockholm or. Um, Uh, anywhere in Denmark, really, Copenhagen. Yeah. To get to get the kind of coffee that I'm after. Okay. So yeah, are you more the espresso guy, or what is your your favorite favorite coffee? Yeah, I like I like um, light roasted coffee. So the 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 kind of roast degree where you taste um, like the the acidity and the the sweetness. Um, And the like, the floral uh, notes and the, like the juicy stuff in the coffee. Um, so typically, you're doing that, yeah, from a light roast and and like a pour over um, kind of method. But of course, yeah, espresso. I'll drink espresso all day if it's good. <laughs> so 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're traveling to Germany, it's really hard to get some some good coffee. Um, but yeah, I have the feeling compared to Germany, if you're going to Italy and you you turn over on their first gas station, you get some some really good coffee compared to the stuff you get in in Germany. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of people actually say that about Australia too. Um, and generally, I think yeah, the quality of of uh, of coffee is quite high um, here, and people have a good appreciation for it as well. Nice. So in a in a normal year, you you travel a lot. So you do some races in Europe, Hawaii, and yeah, so on and so on. Um, how is it this year? So did you compete in any race this year? Yeah. So. Generally, like as an Australian, if you want to be good in any sport, you you have to travel, yeah. and you'll meet like Australians all over the world um, doing all sorts of of crazy things. But um, yeah, it's just something that we have to have to get used to is being away from home a lot. So um, typically, I can spend up to like five to six months away um, overseas every year, which is very challenging mm -hmm. and this is the first year yeah I, I mentioned before that I haven't left home and like while that's frustrating and you know it'd be good to to be racing and and so forth it's actually been like really nice to just spend some some time at home and actually properly relax for a little bit because it's full gas like triathlon is is full gas we've got racing like 12 months a year all around the world, no matter where you, where you are, like if it's summertime or, or spring or whatever, you know, there's racing. So we always tend to race like a lot more than, than what we should. And, um, growing up doing triathlon and trying to make a career, you definitely, I, you know, I've, I've done, um, like extreme levels of racing, um, weekend after weekend and never really given myself a a chance to properly unwind so it's been nice to to not have a, a full program to worry about this year but definitely i've still done some racing i managed to win the australian uh middle distance championship in february um down near melbourne in geelong mm -hmm. and pretty much yeah after that everything of course um changed and then the the situation became quite safe here in Australia and the weather warmed up. So we had some more racing in September where I did um, a half Ironman and a full Ironman and I was third place in both, um, which I was satisfied with because mentally it was quite difficult to train for these events just because like the racing mind um, and the, the desire wasn't really there to, to get the most out of myself just because of how different um, everything has been. So it's been definitely good to be able to have some chances to race and now there's starting to be some events overseas but it doesn't actually kind of make sense for me to go um, overseas yet to race so I might leave that till next year yeah so in in Europe the season slowly comes to an end but you have the summer just ahead of you um, any chance that there are some races you can do in in Australia in the upcoming months Yeah, definitely. There's, um, it's all kind of wrapped up for 2020, but like 2021, probably January and into February, we'll start to see some, some racing. So late summer, really. Um, 
and then there's always some bigger events as the weather starts to get a bit cooler around April, May. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we just kind of have to, like, wait to see how it all happens. My fiancé is um, training for the Olympic Games in Tokyo, so mm-hmm. um, my first half of the year is probably going to be, like, more prioritised around um, supporting her yeah. and trying to obviously balance my own racing around that. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what the, what the plan looks like. Mm-hmm. I've seen pictures of uh, of you and your Land Rover, so you, you're turning into nature to relax and recharge the batteries. Is it hard for someone like you whose whole life is, uh, yeah, is completely into competition and racing to switch off? Yeah, of course. Like this last um, month, actually, since I've kind of been on a bit of a holiday since my last race, um, I've been like, I go from this phase of being like all or nothing in the sport to then being like all or nothing in like some hobby. <laughs> so um, at the the last month has literally been um, Uh, spending like trying to kind of like restore parts of my car that I've neglected for years. So we do a lot of beach driving um, and like adventuring on the beach here in Australia. So it's really hard on, on like the underbody of the car. There's like a lot of rust everywhere. So <laughs> I'm like now starting to, to not obsess over triathlon and, and training and literally like every day has just been giving like attention to some part of my car and, um, doing some modifications to it and, and so forth. So I'm actually getting ready for a short trip this weekend to to an island. Um, and we, we drive the, the cars on a big boat and, and go over there and it's kind of like all remote um, full driving and camping and stuff. So we've definitely got like some, some uh, good chances here to escape um, and really get away from things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, normally this is a time of the year when you have a little bit of a training break um but what what are your plans for the next time is it um yeah more relaxing on the lonely island or is it full training for for the next race season are you super motivated to to come into um into 2021 and and be 100% um there Yeah, of course. And um, so this little trip this weekend is kind of like my last little bit of chance for a little holiday. It's like the the last opportunity I have to, to take some time away. And it's great in these spots. You like put your phone away because there's no reception or anything. So mm-hmm. um, I mentioned we kind of had to do this podcast today or it would be like we'd have to do it next week. So um, it's it's really cool. It's um to to do this and yeah it's like my last chance before the next bit of training um begins because my coach is kind of starting to get a little bit frustrated with me I think he he <laughs> wants me to start to get into some some structure and um my coach is actually German so he he's really loves the structure so um <laughs> and uh yeah definitely it's um uh uh I forgot the question actually <laughs> Yeah, if it's um, yeah, if you start training, no. But I think you're you answered it already. So um, oh yeah, so so I think the the second part to my answer for that was going to be 
um, yeah, I am definitely motivated to start training because, you know, every year um, I think we, we find new ways to, to get the most out of ourselves, maybe like a new training uh, technique or some, some equipment or a new coach or something. But, um, yeah, I think every year when you, you have a chance to, to reassess um, your performance from the last season and make new goals – um, for the next season and I'm definitely hungry um, to to keep improving um, and to get the most out of myself and that's what I think really drives me every year is I know I can do better and I know I can um, achieve more and yeah I think I'll be doing triathlon to a point where um, where I think this is no longer possible and then I'll be happy to uh to try something else um, so yeah motivated to start training but i'm going to enjoy this last little trip this weekend <laughs> that sounds pretty good so thanks a lot for your time and um i wish you really a good time on the on the lonely island and all the best for next year and um yeah i hope we we talk soon again thanks toby appreciate it bye bye